Thanks, man. Good. Um, this is like, a, oh, thanks, Rui. Oh, that'll be helpful. I, uh, um, I was just thinking, 18 years ago, when they planted this congregation, I was in grade six. <laughs> There's a lot that happened in the meantime, eh? <laughs> anyway, that's some perspective for you there. Um, good. Um, how cool is this? It's a, it's a little bit different this morning, eh? I, I feel like I'm going to speak more 3D here. But um, the aim was, what I, what I said to the guys, I... Uh, um, uh, we, on Thursday night, we had a meeting together as leaders. Now, this was so cool. We were all crammed up into Stephen Ilza's house. And I said to them, look, I don't know what to expect. We're going to be anything between 40 and 50 in your house, okay? And, uh, and so then I asked him, can, can we do it? Do we, would you be all right if we try and make it happen? We don't have much of a venue now. I don't want to go to Sunningdale. And um, the, he didn't say yes to me. He just said, okay, if Take A Lot plays along, we've ordered more chairs. Let's go for it. And we, we squished into that house. It was so cool. So I just want to honor you guys. It was so cool, like proper church life. That's, and now they've got chairs standing around there, and we're not there. But um, it's, it models something so wild. And so we were all crammed up into that house. And uh, we just had one of the coolest meetings ever. Like, we worshipped, God was there, we shared, and uh, God was there. And I said, I would love, you know, for us as a church, we are actually that. Like, we a tight, should be, a tight community together. And um, the last thing I wanted this morning is, like, have the church service, you all look this way, we come to the front, we worship, we go home, and not much change. Um, but how many of you can sense that we're in a season where God is busy with us? And, uh, and he's uh, saying to us, like, actually, I'm not so much interested what you do on the Sunday. It's when you walk out of here, what, what really matters. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so I would hate to preach a preach this morning. And we all go, yeah, great, well done. And uh, what are you going to offer up next week? Yeah. Not, not playing that game. And, uh, and so that's the aim this morning is why we jump together. And, and who knows what we're going to do. We've got communion at the back. Um, I think we need to pray together. We need to break bread together. But ultimately find God and connect with Him. That's what we're going for this morning. And so I don't want to focus on it too long. But for those of you who don't know, in, in Kentucky Asbury, um, Nikki shared on it as well last week this time. They had a, a church meeting, and I actually went to go watch the, the service. I wanted to see, okay, what did they speak on, okay? And to be very honest, the preach wasn't that great, okay? It was, it was good, but few people, it's this old chapel, okay? They've got these pipe organs. It is like, I, I would say this, and I, I'll say it's the last place you'd expect God to pull in. Just very honest, okay? And... Um, they had this meeting, it was great, and basically the guy spoke on love, and he said, look, some of you have experienced a measure of God's love, and you, you, you've seen different aspects, but you haven't seen the fullness of it. I'm willing to stay behind and pray with you if some of you want to see the love of God. And so some stayed behind and prayed, and thousands are there now praying, because God is doing something about His love. It's unreal, okay? I've got friends who rocked up there this morning, they flew there, and uh and standing in a queue for three hours trying to get into the building to have a shot to go of, of experiencing God's love. And so God's just doing something unique, all right? And um, I watched, I don't know, you guys are welcome to check it out. And you know what's a cool thing is no one knows who's leading this thing. We don't even necessarily know the name of the church. It's just like God's doing something there. And I watched reports this morning of people who drove from Texas 17 hours Drove through the night, rocked up there at 2.30 in the morning, stood in the queue for three hours to, draw, to try and get into the meeting. Because he said, we heard God is doing something here. We are desperate for a touch of God. And uh, 
My wife and myself, I was busy still preparing for this morning, and Mariska sat feeding me, Lisa next to me. And at one moment, we just both in tears. Like, it's like Nikki said, you can feel God is like almost captured in this video. Like, he's there. And, uh, and I said, God, why not with us? You know, um, and we're not going to manufacture it. We, we can't make it happen. But, but he is actually doing it in us. You know, and the, the cool thing is that he's not trying to put religion into us or good Christian acts. He says, I want your heart. I want to find you. I want to walk with you. And to the point where if we hear that he's doing something 17 hours from here, that there would be something in us like, God's there. Get in my car and go. Less amens to that. But, but it is like that. A desperation for, for the Lord, you know. And so... Um, I want to I want to share. There were two significant messages in the last while with us. Okay, the one some of you can remember. Andrew was with us in October, and he preached a message of remain in the boat. Can you guys remember that? Okay, stay in the boat. And it was like if you if you are not remaining in me, you'll bear no fruit. Okay, that was the message, and he preached out of the portion of um, in Acts where it says they wanted to. Some of them saw the storm and they wanted to lower the lifeboats, get in the boats to try and get out. And Paul said to them, remain in the boat. Okay, and if we stay together, God will save us. And they did. So they cut the ropes to the lifeboats and they remain in the boat. Then another significant moment is we had color with us last week and he said, get out of the boat. And, uh, and I could feel the conflict, okay? Like, I was like, oh, oh how's this working, okay? We, so I just want to clarify that. But there was a God telling us, okay, so yes, remain in Him in the boat, but get out of your comfort zone, the boat. All right, the faith. He's looking for faith. Who of us are going to get out of the boat and say, "Okay, we don't want to just remain doing what we're doing, but we want to get out of the boat." All right. And so today, what I want to speak on is, don't miss the boat. <laughs> All right. So, so first time ever I do that. Okay, some cool story. But like, I want to say, there's a boat going. God is doing something us, and we are on a mission. Don't miss the boat. Hey, what did you say? <laughs> right. and, uh, and so it is possible that you could sit in the meeting, hear the same message, be in the same worship time, and actually miss the boat when we go. Very possible. Okay? I'm watching, uh, I'm just reading the Gospels, you know, and it is possible G- Judas were in the same meetings, hearing the same stuff, seeing Jesus do the same stuff, and he missed the boat. And, um, and so I want to I wanna ask you, you know, as an as a eldership team, we just recalibrated one another this week. We had a good time. And we just actually said, guys, we cannot miss God to try and keep this thing together and have everyone here. God is calling us to connect with Him. We need to find Him at all costs. We're going to risk. We're going to go. We're going to get in that boat and get out when He tells us to get back in the boat when He tells us to get out the boat. But I want to beg you, don't miss the boat. And um, it's interesting, the Bible says, you know, we, we, we work together to, to do what He wants us to do, but we'll be judged and rewarded individually. So, so even though our inheritance is together and we, we craft together, one day you're going to stand before God and give an answer. Yeah. And so I want to ask you, don't fall for the trap that, hey, I, at least it was great of this, this church, it was a great church, I'll just sneak in there, part of the group, okay? It's not going to be like that, you know? Like, we all going to give an account for the Lord. How did you walk with Him when you were here? And um, so I want to ask you, get in the boat, don't miss the boat, all right? Does that make sense? Everyone with me? It feels very heavy. So I want to, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. 
So uh, I went with Kala and Mike Oxley to a farm this week. Listen to these bad, this bad planning, okay? So we, I didn't ask how far is the farm. I'm just going with to the farm, and we need to go put our bees, all right? So um, we still had an elders meeting after church last week, Sunday with them, made pizza, chilled out, whatever, waited for Mike to finish the service in Azerfontein. Eventually, I think it was 4 o'clock, we get in the car. The plan was, that I've, that I've heard just before, that is we're going to minister in Calfinia, all right? So as I start Googling Calfinia, I'm like, this is flipping far, all right? So we rocked up in Calfinia at 9.30 at night, okay, with people waiting for us. Then we, we're like, so I said, Kala, you get out first. I'm waiting for the first five minutes. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. We're so late. Anyway, ministered to some guys in Calfinia that possibly want to start something. We left there at, I think, 11.30. And still had to go through to Williston, um, which I also didn't know how far that was. We just head inland, all right? And uh, we rocked up at the farm at 1.30 in the morning. And uh, so anyway, we just walked in the house. Everyone boosh, straight on the bed and we dosed and uh, woke up the next morning quite late. And uh, anyway, the point was we, we, we had to put on bees, okay? So Mike had all these hives on, his, on the roof of his car. Now, in the middle of the Karoo, okay, there's nothing alive there. And, um, and so... But we've got these beehives on the roof, and Mark says, and then how it works is this, there's a smell inside the hive, and so you'll see these bees quickly that'll come, and they'll come check it out and see if it's a place. And I'm like looking at it, I mean, unless they live off sand, I don't know what you're going to do with, with bees in this place. And, um, and so, but the next morning, by the time we were up, there was like this thing of bees all around the car, okay, and just checking it out and whatever. So we had some swarms that we had to go take out. So we take one of the hives and go, go and get a, a, um, a swarm out of one of the um, working places, like a store or whatever. Get that in there. It's quite cool. Mike's biggest dream was to get me in a bee suit and get stung. It was like his, that was his, his only desire for years. So anyway, we, we're in bee suits. We're smoking the stuff out there, get the bees in there. And then um, the, we left one of the hives on the porch. And the, the one morning at around 11, Mike comes running out of the room and he says, guys, the stuff for you. So we were like, all right, we walk outside and there's literally 50,000 bees all over the porch. And so these few bees that have been dancing around this hive and checking it out and inspecting have went to go fetch their, their swarm and they found a better home and they're moving in. And, and so for me, Afrikaans boyki with no farm context, okay, I'm like, close the windows, like shut the doors, like nobody go near, okay, these things are going to be aggressive because that's my knowledge of bees. And Mark says, no, 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 man, they're just looking for a house. They find their spot, they know what they want to do, and he walks without a suit and anything and goes standing in the middle of a swarm of 50,000 bees. So how cool is this? And he's just, and um, yeah, it was unreal, okay, I was like, okay, he knows what he's doing, Cullen, I'm like looking out the door, like hiding, hiding on the one side. And, uh, and he says, watch this, boys, 20 minutes, and it will all be cleaned up. You wouldn't even know they're here. And so we stand there, and you've got 50,000 of them that are marching into a hive through a gap this big. And within 20 minutes, if we didn't see that, we wouldn't have known that there were that many bees in that thing right there. All right? They just all know their place, know what they need to do. Each one have got their job. They're protecting the queen. Here we go. Boom, in, found a new home. And there we go. It was incredible. And I looked at this and I wondered, imagine if God called us that we are like bees. And we all just know our place. We know what to do. We're on a purpose. We're crafting. we got our stuff. And we're on a mission. And we just always make it happen. And, uh, but then the other thing that is on this farm is sheep. And uh, Jesus often said to us that we are like sheep. All right? Now, sheep are probably one of the dumbest animals that I've seen in my life. 
And uh, like no matter how you try and train these things to stay together and we're moving you towards water, just come with us, all right? Like there's always one that tries and get around you. And as soon as one is around you, all of like, oh, we need to go that way. So we're like, boom, boulders here. And it's like this, this is the craziest sight ever with sheep. And um, uh, some of you had some farming experience. I don't know. Okay, but sheep are not the, there's a reason I think sometimes you leave the 99 to go find the one and then, if he does it again, just slaughter him and eat him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Bad, bad joke, okay? Sorry. Anyway. But, yeah, you know, tops, right? You all laugh, but you, you, eat, you partake of that. Anyway. But there is zero order among a, what do you call it, a lot of sheep together. A flock. Is it a flock? A flock of sheep together. No rules, okay? Let's just follow the one in front, and we'll do whatever you need to do. And, um, and, and we like that, all right? And uh, especially also if they found something that they like, so uh, well, I don't know how much you know about this, but they're not supposed to eat green lucerne while it's growing because they, they blow up and they actually explode. Like, it's too much. So they, they, they it, it, it like inflates in their tummy and then pff, it's not a good sight, okay? And so, but they, if they tasted green lucerne once, they love it, okay? And uh, if you don't catch them quick enough, and they, I mean, it's too late, but if they once taste the thing, they'll go through every barbed wire that they can find to get onto that patch because it looks so nice, all right? And um, so one, I remember, especially with my cousin, one of the biggest works was to try and keep the sheep out of that camp, go to the grass, okay? It's good for you. That stuff's not good yet. And uh, anyway, we've lost a few like that that I can remember. And uh, we like that, you know. It's like we, we're not like a swarm of bees that God says, okay, you'll just know what to do. Everyone knows the place. Let's get together. Go. It's like we all have a good idea of what we need to do. And we tend to go to what we think is nice and, uh, and what looks attractive. And does um, it make sense? And, and the Bible, there's this terrible verse, you know, in Matthew that it says that by your traditions, you nullify the word of God. That's a terrible portion, by the way. Okay. Do you know that, and we always think, guys, for those other churches, okay? Guys, do you know in our church we have a lot of tradition that we can miss God completely and, uh, and, and, and actually not even notice that He's not among us by our traditions. So this morning, I, I didn't know how it's going to play out. I didn't lead. I was like, we know, let's see what happens. We limit the space in the front so much. Some of all of us worked our way to the front and they're like, because it's what we know. Now, it's good. Uh, I mean, uh, it's a, there's a reason we do it. I'm not, I don't want to jump into that now. But isn't that some form of tradition that we have? It's like, it, it must be in the front. And, uh, and we sing the best here, and we, but we can still miss God. Or uh, what other traditions do we have? I don't want to rip our whole church apart now. But um, they, we've, got, we've got traditions, okay? Sunday and Wednesday. Sundays and Wednesdays. Sundays and Wednesdays. Sundays and Wednesdays. That's where we meet God. And uh, we fall into tradition, Sundays and Wednesdays, Sundays and Wednesdays. And uh, the rest of the time, we, we miss him. And uh, I just, I don't know if you're hear, hearing it from the start of the year, but it's like God is knocking on us and saying, I'm not looking for how you're acting religious-wise. It's, am I in your heart? Are you connected with me? Are you in the house like the older brother and completely just doing the right stuff, but you're missing God? Or are you connecting with the Father? Can you, can you hear that knocking? Who of you last week when Kala was here, we were like, oh my goodness, we've got work to do. How many of you felt that? I was like, oh, we, we, need, we need to get this thing right. And um, so I want to continue a little bit down there. Can I come one, one more time with you guys? 
2 Timothy 3 says this, but mark this, there will be terrible times in those last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure, pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And you know what? It happens that quickly. That we can get a form of godliness among us, but we're actually denying the power of God among us. And, um, you know, I, and, and, and I know we can think, surely it won't happen to me. Surely it won't happen to me. I, I just said to the guys um, on Thursday night, you know, I, I would have been the first, like Peter, to say, I'll never, God, all these other people will deny you. I'll never do that. I just want to say, two years ago, I came so close. So close. If it, if it wasn't for His mercy, all right? And, um, and, and so I would have been the one that says, like, yeah, a form of godliness denying its power. God is speaking to these people, man. And, uh, and I almost fell into that trap. And, um, and I, I can say we can miss the boat by just going on with our traditions and, and not connecting with God. Can also stop there, yeah. And um, and so the question is, okay, but then what? Um, how do we do this thing? And I, I just want to tell me, but um, it's like definitely. I said to the guys on Thursday night as well. Meetings are essential. Okay, Wednesdays and Sundays we do value that. Don't miss it, but don't just build around that. Don't just put your hope fully in that. I, I, I mean, I'm bummed for the guys who aren't here this morning because I'm expecting that God's still going to do something among us, okay? But we don't just rely on this. Like, He's waiting for us. What are you going to do when you walk out here? And um, I'm just going to summarize this. You know, on, on Thursday night when we prayed as well, the, the word revival came up a few times. Now, um, I used to be a proper revival junkie as well. Some of you have been with, around me long enough. But revival in its essence actually speaks about waking up something that was dead and bringing it back to life. Okay, so the picture that I would see is, that, you know, fire when you've bribed the previous night or four hours ago, whatever, and you're trying to revive this thing, putting on some new sticks, get it to go again, and then we, we can make a new fire. With me? All right. And, um, and so there's, I think the seasons where God comes and He wakes us up and He blows on us and He revives us. But it feels like what God wants to do among us now is not reviving the old, it's new. He wants to do something new. And there's a trap for us that if we're going to look back and say, but I remember what it was like, we just need to wake that up. We're going to miss the boat. And uh, the Bible speaks about this, about, um, and we, we all know this portion, but... Um, in, in Luke 5, from this 37, he says this, And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, and the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. So just if I can summarize this, God gives the wine. Okay, we can't make the wine. I said to the guys on Thursday, I put a glass of water on the table, and they said, Jesus said, you'll do greater things than what I've ever done, but what is the one miracle that no man has ever done? Turn water into wine. Okay? If I can put water here, I think we can pray as hard as we want, but we're not going to change that water into wine. Okay? Because God is the one that gives new wine. It's not us. All right? And, um, and so God gives the wine, but the wine skin is, is very much on our side how we facilitate what He wants us to do. And our temptation is like, oh, if God's going to come in this way, 
we've got a good idea. And we're trying to work it into what we know, how we can make it best fit. And he says, but if it's new, it will just burst. And you lose all of it. He says, it needs a new wine skin. And, um, and, and what that feels like for me at this moment is like we've just planted out so many of our guys to New Zealand, which, by the way, New Zealand is flying. Daryl, uh, I'll give a video next week. Like, he thought he's going to have three months just to recalibrate, get the guys together, look at some stuff. They're sitting with 18 people in the house on a Sunday, and he's leading a church, all right, by the way, which is incredible in Auckland. He didn't see that coming, but he's doing so well. Mike Ox is sitting with 50 people in Azerfontein that is like, he's just doing so well. He didn't know what to expect, and it's just, it's growing. Okay? We sent guys out, and the temptation is, okay, we need to fill up what we, what we sent out now, fix the holes. And actually, I just throughout the holidays, God said it's going to be new. You're not going to replace some wine skin or, or, or wake up an old wine skin. It's going to be new. New wine requires a new skin. And it includes all of us. You know, it, it includes you. How are you going to host the new wine that God wants to deposit into your life? Because it's not going to fit in the old skin. It'll burst. Um, and then it, there's this portion that says, no, new wine must be poured into new wine skins. And then he says, verse 39, and no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. That's an interesting verse, eh? Like, who of you likes change? I'm a, I'm a reasonable, I enjoy change sometimes, okay? I'm reasonable good with change. My wife may be a bit slower with change. <laughs> I'm joking, she digs it, okay. Um, but there's some of you here that the, your worst nightmare is change. Just, we like the way it is. Just keep it together, all right? And uh, that we all, I think Ivan always used to say, with God, the one constant thing is change. All right? And, uh, and then it says this, and no one after drinking old wine wants the new. So I want us to know, like, anything that we're going to shift, once we've tasted a bit of the old, you know, we're like, but we like it that way. No one says, yeah, we want the new thing. It's actually all of us, we enjoy and so I want to ask you, even last week as Carla spoke, and sometimes as I spoke, speak about new wine, I think back about moments that I've had with God, and oh, if it only can be like that again, if you do that. I remember this time when this happened, and I, it was like that. If only we can get back to that. And I actually feel God challenging me, like even in the way that I walk with Him. It's old wine. It was good. But he wants to give us new deposit. It's the only time that new wine is better than old wine. Okay, it's in, in Jesus' context. College will tell you that. All right? It says he wants to give something new to us. So, are you guys still with me? So, um, and so you know what I feel what God is doing in, in Josh Jen, actually, and in us as a congregation for sure. But he's shaking us. So, a few years ago, God shook us. Um, when he when he cleansed us from impurity, in, in, in which I was a part of, many of you know that story. Okay, and he, he he cleansed us from sin, and many came to the to the um, surface and said, hey, "I'm actually struggling with this." And God purified us from sin. I believe God's doing it with us again, but not with sin. He's cleansing us from this thing. If people say, "I can do it," in our own strength, those of us who say, "Hey, I can do it," God is actually purifying us from that thing. He says, "You can't do it." And guess what? He doesn't want you to do it. All right? So I've seen, I'm telling you, the last two weeks, so many of our leaders actually phoning me. It's just, honest, I'm out. I can't do it. It's just too much. It's a, and a, person after person, okay? And I, in all of them, I can just sense like own strength, man's strength, and God is just coming. He doesn't want that. Okay? He says, when we're weak, he's strong. 
And he says, I desire, and, and actually, you know what, what, what's, what, what's saying, I can do it, it's, it's um, unbelief. Okay, it's not, not trusting God. Carlos spoke last week about faith and believing God. It's like faith enables us to do what God wants us to do, but man-made strength will kill us in the long run. And so I want to ask you, if there's even areas in your life last week, Carlos, Carlos asked us, how, how many areas of your life is there that you can fully go on the way you're going on now without God being involved? And I sat there and I was like, there's way too many areas which I can do very well without God. And I can feel God this week pressing on all that, okay? And it says, nothing of value will come out of you if it's in your own strength. That's what the Bible says. Without God, you can do nothing. No fruit of value you can produce. I want to ask you, and, and it's for all of us, it's, it's in church setting, it's in your, um, I think, in your family, in your walk with God, in, in, in the ministry side of things, you know, for all the worship leaders, I think this is a big one. In your own strength, we're just not going to reach the heart of God. That smoke just blows that way, okay? It's like God is looking for faith. Faith in Him. God, actually, we cannot do this without you. And God comes. That's what He's looking for. So, um, when I was thinking about, you know, last week what I felt when Kala spoke, is like God is craving connection with us. You know, faith is involved there. Um, like, but he's, he's craving a love between us and him, not a, not a business transaction. He's like, he wants us, he wants you, he want, not what you can do, but he wants you, and, and, and faith involved in that. And then when I, when I was thinking about that in the week, I was thinking Revelation 2, it says, as a, um, Jesus saying to one of the churches, he says, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you've tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You've persevered, you've endured hardships for a name, and you've not grown weary. Now, how encouraging is that? It's like sometimes I feel like that. Man, we've, uh, we've worked, okay, like we've persevered, we've endured, and God's saying, well done. But then he says this, but I've, I've hold this against you, that you've forsaken the love you had at first. And then this, this verse, this rocked me on Thursday night when we were together. He says this, consider how far you have fallen. And I, I realize sometimes like we just cruise, you know, so no, no, don't worry, it's not working now, I'll make it work. Just hang in there, like I'm going to make it work. And actually when he says about lo- losing connection with him and, and, and losing the love we have for him, he says, pause. Just for a moment, think how far you have fallen. I want to, let's do that. Close your eyes, okay? Close your eyes. And, um, and I had to do that this week, you know. So just for a moment, like, there was a time when I, when I got saved and I just saw Jesus that I just burned with love for God. I would have done anything for Him. I love Him. And then there came a time where this became um, ritual, culture, tradition, uh, work. And it's what I must do. And the love for the Lord somehow slipped out. And actually what he's saying to us, you know, is just, just consider quickly that it is not okay. Just consider quickly that I am not looking to see you jumping the highest today in your own strength. I'm looking for who loves me. Consider. Consider. All right, you can open your eyes. And, um, and then he says, okay, when you consider that and you realize, 
All right, I've drifted. Um, I'm doing this very much in my own strength. He says then, repent and do the things you did at first. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to again remind us. Is there, can you guys give me 10 more minutes? We started a bit late this morning, okay? Um, repentance, Andrew always says this, we never outgrow repentance, all right? We never get to a place where we think, okay, now I've made the cut. All these new guys need to repent. Guys, I said to my leaders on, on a Thursday night, if there's a call and you know that God convicted you, you are the first to stand and to repent before the Lord. We never outgrow it. We never become too good for repentance. All right? If you feel the conviction of God in your heart, repent, turn. And it takes a physical action. All right? If you wonder sometimes why we ask guys to raise their hand, Jesus did that. All right? People said, God, I want to follow you. He said, okay, first go and sell whatever you had and come back. Right? If, he, if people wanted to follow him, he said, okay, leave everything that you have and come. If he, he said, if you wanted to follow me, get out of the boat and come to me. If you, like there was an action to their repentance. It's not just a turn of heart. It is a turn of heart, but there's an action required to it. So if you wondered why we do that, Jesus did it. No amens to that. But, but so I want to I encourage us as a church, we need to be those who respond in an actual physical Action when God convicts you. Now it's not only when you're the greatest sinner and you're like, okay, I'm in trouble and now everyone's gonna know. No, man. I said, I said to the guys, if any of you respond to something that's being preached and, and return to the God, return to the Lord, there is no judgment from any of us and no judgment in my heart. I'm celebrating repentance to the Lord. And so we, we, we're gonna have that culture among us in this church. When there's repentance, none of us judge. Because with the same measure you judge, you'll be judged. Alright? We celebrate repentance among us. I want to have a culture where when we convicted all of us, yes, God, we want to re- return. Alright? So repentance is what God is after. And then he says, and return to the things you did at first. And, um, and so this is now where it gets tricky because it's, it feels old, but it's like, it's not, it's supposed to be new. And, uh, I, I mean, if you like to preach these kind of things, we're like, okay, how do I balance here? But I had a time on, on Thursday when I was preparing and just sitting and God just remembered me or reminded me of moments and, and when I just got saved and, and the times that I've burned for God. Trust me, even if I never got paid, I would have given my life. I've done anything. I remember going, I would hear about stuff that's happening, kind of like what's happening now in America. I would get some of my friends together. We would drive there. We would spend 24-hour worship nights. I was just hungry, man. I, I was prepared to make a, make a fool out of myself to tell people about God. I, 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 I thought about this story. Um, and there was a time, if you remember the movie Hansi, about Hansi Kronia. Okay, he was my hero when I grew up. Cricket player, he's from Bloemfontein. Okay, he was my guy. And then Hansi made a terrible mistake, and he, he fell, and he, and he, he got um, bribed, and he, and he messed up, and his life fell apart, okay? And they made a movie about that. I don't know if you've seen the movie. But I was in, uh, I was in Team T, actually, when the movie came out. So we drive to, um, can, not Kanawalk, um, no, 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 further, um, Cape Gate in Durbanville, okay? We watched the movie there, me and a friend. And, uh, hey? Brackenfell, yeah, Jogs Valley. And uh, so, <laughs> so 
we, we went to Cape Gay and watched this movie, and actually his brother wrote it. And there's this beautiful scene where they open up how far he's fallen, but then there's a scene where he gets baptized and actually repents, and he, he was forgiven and new. And uh, I remember there being such a presence of God actually in that cinema when we were watching it, okay? And I'm sitting with this friend of mine, and I'm like, actually, God's here. Can you believe it? After a secular movie, well, not really a secular movie, but God's in this place. So when the credits start rolling, I jump up on the seat, okay? in the cinema, and we're in the front. I'm with a friend. And I, I stand and I, I shout as loud as I can in the cinema. I said, guys, I, I know this is just a movie, but Jesus is here. And if any of you were impacted by some of that, that there was repentance and forgiveness, God wants to touch you today. Is there anyone here who would like to meet Jesus in the cinema? Okay? And, um, and at the back, there's an old woman, Tani, 78 years old. I don't know how old. And this woman raises his hand. He says, I want to meet Jesus. All right? And um, this friend of mine, we, we walk over to him, and we go and stand with him, and um, we are so glad. And we, we prayed with him, and he gave his heart to Jesus that night in the cinema. Okay? And um, uh, to be honest, I don't know how long he had left. Yeah? Thank God for that moment. And, um, and so uh, it was a wild moment, okay? Like I was, I, I was like, and, but God reminded me of that in the week. And he said, Anas, it's time for moments like that again. Where not out of due diligence and you just know you want to, you need to do it. It's like, because I had such a love that people at all costs have to see God. I'm prepared to look like a fool in a cinema in Brockenfell of all places. And, uh, and, 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 and shine for God. And he reminded me, he says, return to that love. Return to that love. And um, I want to ask you, and, and Kala threw me maybe a little bit under the bus last week by doing it so publicly, but he, he said to me, honestly, you became safe and making good decisions, but you were actually made to be wild. Um, and when he said it, it's like, I knew. I knew. And, um, and I, I, I did this before the team in the week, but I, I want to commit before you guys that, um, man, yes, I want to make wise decisions. But I firstly called to be wild and zealous for the Lord. And I, I want to return to that love. Okay? And I want to urge you, join in the boat for what God has called you when He saved you. And the love that you had at first, the things you did at first. Get in the boat back. Don't miss the boat. And let's do what He's asking of us. Alright? So how we get there. Here's the challenge. <laughs> I'm going to rush. Okay? Here's the tricky part. It's like... We cannot fabricate it. Even the wildness, you cannot make it happen. Saltiness only has its worth. This is, remember what Kala said, saltiness loses its flavor over time and it becomes worthless. And so how do we keep our saltiness? Remaining in Him. I, I, uh, as we spoke about, the, this farm time was so good for me. We just chatted church in, so, in many ways. But we, Kala shared the story. There's a church going through quite some stuff at the moment. And says one of the leaders was, disciplined out, it was messy and whatever, and, uh, and he went around and he wanted to recruit guys to come around him to gather his army, okay, and he was anointed guy, okay, like full of God, and, um, but the anointing lifted because it was sin and it wasn't dealt with well, and he says the same guy would speak the same words to the people, and it just sounded like, what was that, okay, because the grace had lifted, the saltiness was gone. And how many of us have sometimes prayed under pressure in a prayer meeting or had to speak to someone out of something? And even as you're speaking, you're like, what am I saying? Ne? Or what am I praying? Like, where's the saltiness? And then there's other times where, like on Thursday, also, uh, like I was speaking, and I shared some stuff that I didn't prepare. 
but it was salty. Okay? And, and, and God was on it. And, um, and it's like, I, I, it's like I, I, was, I, I tapped into grace again that I remembered this is what he called me to. And um, I, I was like, almost like, yes, I need to make notes while we're speaking here, right? There's those moments. But other times we're like trying to fabricate something and it just sounds... And I, I wonder if some of us have got there, you know? We're trying to do this thing right and we're trying to do the religious stuff. But whenever what, what comes out of you, it just sounds like... And you know what it sounds to God like? That's what, that's what it is. And we, but we think we fool him through our religious activities. If we're desperate, we might go on our knees. Maybe there is more anointing. Hey, he's looking at the heart. So I want to help you guys burn again in the week. And so how you get that salt and it's connected with him. It's not only here on a Sunday. That's tomorrow morning when I'm not in your room encouraging you to wake up to spend time with God. That is tomorrow afternoon at your work when your boss screams at you for something you haven't done and how you're going to respond to that situation. That is when you have to make financial decisions and how you're going to obey God and, uh, and how, what does your life look like then. This is when you and your wife are alone at home and you're screaming at one another and do you believe that God exists and is with you. This is where the saltiness is being produced. It's in those moments. It's not in front of church when we all put up our Christian faces. It's then. It's when Ivan drops in and you went while he's surfing. How do we respond then? All right. <laughs> Too many amens there. But <laughs> the first thing that I want to encourage you guys with, it's desire. You need to have desire for God. We need to, we need to, we need to want Him at all costs. You know, like uh, this weekend, it was, I don't know how it played out, but we somehow had a bit more of a chilled weekend. And yesterday I had time to do stuff. But I, you know what was my real desire? I just desired to touch God. In the middle of a Saturday afternoon, you know what I was doing? I was reading Bible. Okay? And I, I'm not saying to try and get pride, uh, pride out of this. Okay? It's like, I would have never done that. Okay? I would have been doing something out and about. But I had a desire to touch God. And you know what was funny? He was there. He was available. I was reading the same story I've read a million times and suddenly as I'm reading, I'm like, oh my goodness. And it was in my house. Desire. Desire. Right? Desire Him. Psalm 27 verse 4 says, One thing I ask of the Lord, and this only do I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. You know, this is for at home and here. But did you even come here this morning with a desire to touch Him? And a desire to see Him. Right, desire. Second thing is, and Lorna said this a while ago, she says, are you aware of your need for God? And, uh, and this is sometimes where, if we're very honest, how much of what we are doing we can just fully do without God. It doesn't produce anything, but we're very happy to keep going that way. And actually we need to become aware, like, if not for Jesus, it tastes like... Pfft, whatever we say, is we are in need of Him for whatever we do. And we prayed this morning, Ivan asked, who if He needs a miracle? And I think there's often situations in our work and in our family and situations where it's like, God, if you don't pull in, we're in such trouble. But I want to encourage you, it goes much deeper than that. God is more involved in your life than at your workplace. He's more involved in you than at your family bride dynamics. Okay, He's, he's, he's involved in, in every area of your life. Like there's a need spiritually that you need Him. Are you aware of your need for him? All right, I'm running through this now. But um, 
1 Peter 2 says this. It says, crave spiritual milk. That's what it's like. You know? so we need to crave at all costs to, to, to have spiritual milk. Number three, and this is what Kala touched on last week, is expectation. You can put that off. Thanks, Laron. Expectation. All right? Like there's something that, that maybe let's read this. Uh, um, I'm going to finish now. But Hebrews 11. You know, so if you, when we get saved, you ask people, we hear people speak about faith. You must have faith, okay? And then you ask someone, what is faith? And they quote to you, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of things we do not see, okay? That is faith. You guys know that? And I'll be very honest, I read that, I have zero clue what that means. Anyone else out there? All right? That doesn't tell me what faith is at all, if I'm very honest. The things we hope for, the assurance of things we not see. I don't know what to do with that, if I'm honest, okay? It just feels still, that in, in my head at least, it feels very out there still, okay? And so he goes on then, and he says this from verse 2. This is what the ancients were commended for. How cool is that? It says, back in the day, like for, with the faith heroes, they were commended for the singers that they had faith. Okay, it was a... It was a um, a present thing. It wasn't just a, a verse that they learned. They had it. It was in there. Um, I'm losing you guys quickly. Okay, like no means to any of these things. But it says this: by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Okay, God created. We believe that by faith. Abel brought to God a better offering than Cain did. And that's, that's again a terrible picture, you know. We offered sacrifices to the Lord this morning. Some of us touched this hard, and some of it just didn't reach God. What's the difference? It was faith. Was there faith in your worship this morning, or was it an action? I'm telling you, the actions that we just try and do, it just misses God at the moment. The difference, one touched him, one didn't, is faith. By faith, he commended us as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, so he's, um, even though he's dead. I don't want to get into that now. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he, that he, that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him. You know, this guy, just so cool, one of two guys that never died, by the way. And uh, he was walking with God in such a manner that the distance between heaven and earth became this big, that it was like God says, it's not even necessary for you to die. Just, just come here. So close to God. So close. And, uh, and um, when you read about him, like God, he was so connected with the Lord that God just said, I'm not going to wait till you die one day. Just come here right now. Boom, he's with God. And people were looking for him. He just was gone. All right. That's faith. Um, for before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Now, again, we can only please God by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And without faith, it's impossible. There it is, okay? It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. That's that portion. Do you believe that God exists? Not only, yes, I believe he's there, but do you believe that he's with you tomorrow morning when you wake up and he's in your room waiting to connect with you? Do you believe that he exists tomorrow when you get to work and he's there and there's troubles? Do you believe that he's with you and that you act in a way that God is actually looking? Tomorrow night when you want to watch a series and you put it on and there's a whole bunch of sin in there, can you watch it believing that God is in the room? And would it be okay with it? Getting a lot of stares, I like it. And the second one is that he rewards those who seek him. 
And I'll, I'll be very honest, that portion, I've lost it for a long time. I, I believe that God is one who disciplines us. Okay? I believe that He wants, He's one that tells us what to do. But that God is a rewarder, it was far for me. I didn't experience it. I didn't see God that way. But I want to tell you, faith is this thing, that God exists and He wants to reward you if you seek Him. He's available. If that expectation is not there, we fall back into the trap of religious acts. And, um, and I'm at this place at this moment also with God. And I, I'm, I'm, I broke through. I found Him, okay? And uh, He's there. He's alive, okay? But there was a time where I said, God, I'm here now. Where are you? And Mariska this morning, she didn't know what I'm sharing on, but she said, I just want to say two things I feel. Babes, what are the two scriptures? Can you shout it there from the back? Okay, he rewards those who diligently seek him. Rewarder, rewarder of those who seek him. And you'll find God if you seek him with all of your heart. And... um, so expect to meet with him, but seek him, man. Make time. So don't miss the boat. Don't miss the boat. This boat's going. God's in it. And he's going to kick us out at some stage, and we're going to walk on the water, and then we're going to get back in the boat, and we're going to go with him. But don't think that you can just get swept up in the move here. Actually, many will fall away. The Bible says this. The love of most will grow cold because of what the world has to offer. That's terrible. And I'm just asking God, I don't want my life to grow cold. I, I want to burn, burn. I want to burn for you. So I want us to respond. Thank you for the grace. We went a bit longer, but I want us to respond. And I just want to ask, you know, when, when I said earlier, consider how far you've fallen. And, and, and I sometimes have this reality check that, hey, there's actually very little love in this relationship between me and the Lord. It's very business-oriented at the moment, very transactional, very, I do this because I have to. But connection with Him is foreign. This morning, repent, turn, and uh, return to the things you did at first. I just want to ask you, if that's you, and we at the moment to consider, and you just realize, ah, man, um, maybe I've lost Him along the way, and I want to return this morning. Don't you want to stand? And uh, I want to pray with you for that. Great. Even if there's just a hint, it doesn't need to be you've fallen off the bus completely. You're just missing him. But you want to return. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Yes, God. Lord, so as your people this morning, we want to return and don't miss the boat. And I want to say, I just want to say, God, we're so sorry for thinking we can do this out of our own strength. How foolish of us, actually, God, that we think we can get it right. And, um, Lord, we don't want to be those who, who let our love grow cold and miss you, God. But we want to walk with you, know you in all of our ways. Mm. So we repent, Lord. We're so sorry. But we're coming back to you today. We're running back to you today, Lord. You are all that we've ever desired, God. We want to know you in all of our ways. I pray today for all of us, God, those sitting, those standing, I pray will you birth desire in our hearts. Desire in our hearts. 
desire in our hearts to connect with you. Lord, I pray today would you birth expectation in our hearts that we're going to find you. Lord, birth expectation in our hearts. Lord, I pray... um, that uh, we will become aware of our need for you today, Lord. That we don't just think we can make it happen till the end without you. But we will become aware without God we are nothing. That we will remain in the vine today. Remain rooted with you, Lord. Mm. Yes, God. Yes, Lord.